Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're going to pick up where we left off in the Old Testament at the, in the book of Numbers. That's the fourth book in the Bible, fourth book in the Old Testament. And if you've read with me before, then you know that we won't be going over any red letters unless they are something Jesus reflected on in the Gospels. And um, just in case it's your first time reading with me, red letters refer to the things, the quotes attributed to Jesus. They only appear in the New Testament and they only appear in six of the 60 plus books in the entire Bible in the standard edition New King James Version. That is making it a tenth or tithe of the entire Bible. Maybe a, a secondary message for us Christians to pick up from that. So having said all that, we're going to begin with Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, so read with me before or know your Bible, you know that that contradicts other parts of the Bible that say things like no one's heard the Lord, no one's heard his voice or seen his form at any time in the New Testament. You can look it up yourself in the book of John, the gospel of John, the fourth book in the New Testament at chapter 1 and then again in chapter 5 Jesus talks about it himself in chapter 1 it's um, not red letter in chapter 5 it is Jesus saying it so make sense of it how best you can I make sense of it in believing that whatever entity deity that's being identified or worshipped as I should say the Lord in the Old Testament and there are many not just one um, they're not the same uh, idea that you may have of the Lord God Almighty. And things like sending people out to war, enslaving people even though you rescue people from slavery, and the male chauvinism sort of points to the fact that it's probably not a, a, the universal God who sees all humans as equals. Um, you know, the general thought behind uh, the omnipotent God. But whatever the case may be, we're going to read it as the Lord, since that's what it says. And the Lord, in this case, as like we said before, is being translated from the word Jehovah. Just so you have that also as a footnote. On the chat, verse 2. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So I forgot one other thing. This is the Lord speaking to Moses, the same Ten Commandments, Moses. And he's the people being referred to are the congregation that were just uh, over a year ago in the narrative rescued, emancipated from slavery in Africa, in Egypt, where they had signs and wonders and miracles performed um, in front of everyone to um, get break them out of the slavery and it established what even is now celebrated as the Passover every year and so it's um, the same people that are being addressed here and told to choose people leaders out of their camps out of each tribe and there's um, about a dozen and a leader in each one of them to go on this mission verse 3 so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. So Moses chose the leaders, heads from each house or tribe or group and um, for the mission. Verse 4. Now these were their names. And so we're going to read a bunch of names. I'm just going to read through the names and only stop at the ones that stand out to me for whatever reason. Otherwise, we'll just keep reading. So verse 4. Now these were their names from the tribe of Reuben. 
Shamula, son of Zakor. So I'll stop one more time and say if I pronounce any of these wrong, please forgive me. Verse 5, from the tribe of Simeon. Shaphat, the son of Hori, from the tribe of Judah. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Issachar. Egal, the son of Joseph, from the tribe of Ephraim. Hosea, the son of Nun. That's also, that Hosea is also Joshua, the same one that the book of Joshua is going to be his name for. Verse 9, from the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu. Verse 10, from the tribe of Zebulun, uh, Gadiel, the son of Sodi, from the tribe of Joseph, that is, from the tribe of Manasseh, Gadi, the son of Susi, from the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamali. So just to back up one verse to the verse 11, where it says from the tribe of Joseph, and then it says the tribe of Manasseh. That's because Joseph was the brother of these other um, original brothers, but like Benjamin and Simeon and Reuben. Um, but his um, two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, end up getting their own tribes. So the nephews end up taking part, um, being counted as one of the so-called 12 tribes, even though Joseph is one of the brothers and has two sons who also end up being tribes um verse 12 from the tribe of Dan Amiel the son of Gamali from the tribe of Asher Sethur the son of Michael from the tribe of Naphtali Nahib the son of Vopsi from the tribe of Gad Geul the son of Maki or Maki these are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hosea the son of Nun Joshua. So that's um, how come it's the same person. Hosea, Joshua, same person. Verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains. So this area is what is in modern times. Um, the Middle East or also known as Palestine and also known as Israel that whole region verse 18 and see what the land is like whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak few or many so um, they're being sent to spy out the land and the the opposition that they're going to be facing that seems strange that they'd have to do that since it's the Lord leading them to it um, and, and told them that that's who who would be directing them to where they need to go and all of their movements when they need to go. So why would they need to send out spies to check out the land? Wouldn't the Lord have already checked it out and known that they'd be able to conquer it? Um, so I guess this might be some sort of test for the people to see if they're going to be faithful or not. Let's see, verse 19. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. So they're supposed to go, the spies are, to go and size up the people, the area, and what kind of uh, opposition they're going to be facing. Verse 20, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So... They're saying spy out the land and bring back some of the produce of it so we can see for ourselves what it's like there and what to expect. Verse 21. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zen as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. So they've been obedient. They're going to check out the land. 
Verse 22, And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. So I think they're putting the narrators, including that part, let us know just how ancient and old, how ancient that area is. Um, because Zoan in Egypt is, if I remember right, Zoan is the same area that um, when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed in um, the book of uh, Genesis. Now that might have been Zoar, sorry. Um, but Hebron is um, also going to go by another name also. And the people Anak, that is what's going to later be described as giants. It might even be in this chapter where they talk about them um and that might ring a bell if you're like a fan of what is it the ancient alien series where they talk about the anakim it sounds a lot like the anak and if the the kim would be descendants of them so it sort of points to other places where giants are mentioned um um as being a real thing not just some sort of mythology um, verse thirty twenty three. Then they came to the valley of Eshol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. So they didn't go there, it sounds like, with a cart, like a wagon or anything, to gather um, samples of what the land had to offer. Instead, they're still using the pole, poles that they used to carry um, say like the tabernacle meeting and the the tents and all its articles and things. They're using a pole between them to carry the things, the fruit that they've gathered. Verse 24, the place was called the Valley of Eshol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. So um, let's see, maybe there's Eshol, E-S-H-C-O-L translates to literally the word clusters so i guess that's why it's being called that but that sort of makes it seem like that's what the um israelites called it like that's not what it was called before because um why would it why would i don't know it seems like it'd have a i don't know why would it be mentioning that they're calling it eshol because of the cluster which they brought back instead of saying it's called eshol because there are many clusters there, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, verse 25. And they returned from saying, spying out the land after 40 days. So the 40 days seems to be a recurring theme. Whether it was the 40 days that Moses went up on the mountain twice to get the Ten Commandments. Or the 40 days here. Or the is it 40 or 50 days. Oh, the 40 days like in the, in the wilderness when... Jesus first begins his ministry. Um, it seems like 40 days is a period of trial for um, whatever reason, again and again throughout the Bible. Um, but it may just be coincidence. Um, so they did their 40 days of spying. And now verse 26, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they've returned from their spying trip and um, sharing the um, news with the people. Verse 27, And they told him and said, 
We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So that you've probably heard that flowing with milk and honey. I, that's just a way of saying there's abundance there. There's an abundance of good things. And so they also showed them the cluster of the grapes to let them know. Um, that's there too. Presumably so that they can do um, uh, have a vineyard and make wine making their... Um, industry um, verse 28 nevertheless the people who dwell in the land are strong the cities are fortified and very large moreover we saw the descendants of Anak there so um, again that's the reference to Anak and giants and um, apparently that's an area where they were uh, dwelling verse 29 the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south the Hittites the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So um, some of those other groups are known of, as having giants too. I think the Hittites, if I remember right, are known for also having giants, and maybe the Amorites. The Amorites are also uh, historically noted people, also beyond just in the Bible. You can read other um, historical accounts of them, and the same with the Canaanites. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. So Caleb's feeling uh, his oats and feels like he can take, they can take them and not concerned with the size of the the enemy uh, that they're about to face or the stature of them that they made, that they're giants, that they're reporting to them there's giants they're going to take on. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, not able to go up against the people for they are stronger. So they're saying the people who went with Caleb aren't as confident as he is. They feel like they won't be a match for the um, giants and so forth that are there in the land. And if you've read with me before, you know why I read that verse the way I did and didn't vocalize a couple of the words there. And Feel free to do that if you want to, but if you want to understand more, I'd suggest look back on the reading of the that we did, um, Matthew chapter 12, and focus on verse 37. Um, you can see those here on this platform, or listen along, read along with me on my platform. If you're an adult, you can go to hungtgirl.com and go to the Spirit and Soul pages there and look up the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. And chapter 12, you'll see what I mean there. Um, I'm not going to go into it here because we've said it again and again and again. And for the one or two of you that are listening with me regularly, I don't want to drive you crazy repeating it all the time. Um, but that's the reason. And um, you could imagine once you read that, if you read that out loud, what you'll be bringing on yourself. You may manifest for yourself that you won't be able to go up against the people who are stronger than you are. Um, but that's what they were afraid of. That's why they um, are fearful. And Caleb apparently was not. Verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report on the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we've gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. So they're letting them know they're not as confident as Caleb is. They ran. They think there'll be trouble ahead if they go there. That there are giants there, and that the land is not friendly and ready to just welcome them.
Verse 33. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So they're letting them know um, there were our giants there. And the word giants is translated from the word Nephilim. And if you, again, if you're an Ancient Aliens fan, that series on um, the that Nephilim should also ring a bell to you there because that um, sounds a lot like one of the words used for giants in their research and their findings. So um, even though Caleb is feeling confident, the rest of the people who were spies who went to go check it out are telling them, uh, believe him if you want to. We saw that there are giants there and and they're saying they were so so giant, so large, so tall that they were like bugs. The people, the spies in comparison to the people they ran into were like bugs compared to the people. And they're like and not only in their sight were they like bugs, but they were like bugs even to the giants, to the point that the giants looked down at them as if they were nothing. So they're letting them know um, you're up against some stiff competition if you want to go up there and take that land. That's verse 33. That's the end of this chapter. So that's also the end of this reading. As always, thank you for joining me for it. I hope it's a blessing for you. And like I said, you can hear past readings here on this platform, on Anchor, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or like I said, you can go to my website. It's hungtgirl.com if you're an adult. And find out more about me or the what we do here on The Naked Truth. Feel free to help me out with a donation or by checking out the videos posted there by clicking on the pictures there. Stay safe. Thanks again. God bless you and peace be with you. See you next time.